Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Way. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to Modern Love Radio Podcast. I am so excited about tonight's show. We're going to talk about how to marry the right man. Now, I know none of you are interested in marrying the right guy, so uh, if you're not interested in that or being the right guy that someone would want to marry, then tune out. This isn't for you, but if you do want to be the right guy and Find the right guy. Here we go. Our guests tonight are Dr. Charles and Elizabeth Schmitz. And let me ask you, when is the last time you got to talk to someone who had been married for 49 years? The Schmitz have got 49 years of marriage, so they are going to share from what they've learned as both love experts and people who have traveled to all seven continents of the world. They are going to share from their personal experience and what they've learned from the people they've interviewed on all seven continents. That is very exciting. This is something quite unique. So strap yourself in and remember that we welcome your comments, your questions. You can hit us back on social media, so either on Facebook, Twitter, Dr. Brenda Wade, or call us old school, 347-989-0776. And without further ado, let us welcome to the show Dr. Charles and Elizabeth Schmitz. Hello. Hello, Brenda. How are you doing? I am great. So excited to have you, Charlie, and you, Liz, Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, the first thing I have to ask you, Liz, this is for you. Dr. Elizabeth Schmitz, how did you know all those years ago that this man was the right man for you? How did you know? He was instantly my best friend. I absolutely could share anything with him. I felt supported. I felt loved. And it has never changed in the 49 years I've been married to him or the 50 years we've been together. Wow. So he was a best friend. You felt supported. You felt loved. And was there anything? Now, we have a lot of people in our audience who are single and looking. 
And would you say that in today's modern love world, you'd look for the same thing? You'd look for somebody who is your best friend? Absolutely. When we talk to these great couples, and we've talked to thousands of all over the world that have been married for 30 or more years, and one of the first things they always talk about when they share their stories about their love is their friendship for each other. There is a trust level between the two of them that is undying. They support each other in everything they do, and they literally can't imagine life without each other. Now, we know that a lot of couples run into issues and problems. How do you overcome those? In 49 years, have you guys, I mean, I can't imagine you haven't. Life dishes up what it dishes up. You've overcome obstacles. How do you work with those in a 49-year marriage? Well, there's no no question about it. I, I remember being one time on a WGN in Chicago, and the first question that the guy asked us, the uh, uh, reporter, was, do you guys ever argue? And we said, well, of course we do. <laughs> but it's how you argue. It's arguing effectively. It's getting into disagreements and debates with each other, but doing it in in ways that don't hurt or denigrate each other. And that that's really the key. You know, I, when, when we go back over our life together, we lost a child. Mm. We had a child die on us. Mm. No. We, we, oh, that's we, the worst uh, possible loss. I'm so oh, sorry. It's horrible. And you, yeah. We have we've lost jobs. We've been transferred to places we didn't want to go. But, but the truth of the matter is the love between us, the support, uh, the mutual uh, strength that we gave each other sustained us through all that. And we knew that we could make a mistake or we could do the right thing, but, but I knew she would always be there for me. And and that's that's really the key is do you have someone that you love that you cherish that you care for who is always there for you that you can trust unequivocally there are no sacred cows in the conversations you have with each other uh, you know and so on and that's that's really the key. Well, that takes a lot of emotional maturity, doesn't it, to be able to be there as your true self, to argue. You know, I, I was working with a couple yesterday. Uh, we, you know, we do a lot of seminars and private coaching and premarital coaching and things like that here with the Modern Love Academy, as we call it. And this couple is about to get married. And the big issue for them is when they get triggered and they have an argument, they really run off the rails. It gets ugly. They can't just talk something through. What would you say to a couple that's got that going on who's about to get married? I would think twice about the marriage until they could resolve those issues because if they can't talk their issues through, if they don't feel like at the end of an argument the other one supports what they think and respects what they think, it will go downhill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have, marriage doesn't make issues better. It makes it worse because then the gloves are off. That's exactly correct. And and what they need to do is either figure out how they can be each other's best supporters, how they can talk it through, and they can learn the strategies for not losing their temper and working through a discussion of an issue, getting the high points and the low points, and coming to a consensus and then supporting it together. Because we have heard this time and time again from these couples that 
what has even brought them stronger together are the crisis they've had because of the support they've had for each other. Now, I have to ask the two of you, having spent my entire career focusing on love, writing about love, just as you have, one of the things I say over and over, and our listeners have heard me say this till they're probably like, is she going to say that again? When you learn better, you love better. And you just said the word learn, learn, Dr. Liz. And I was like, oh, there you go. So for you, how did you learn? Where did you learn to be those kinds of respectful listeners, to be that kind of couple that 49 years later you're teaching other people how to create that in their marriage? Two ways. First, in our young part of our marriage, we learned from each other. We learned making mistakes. We learned how to pick it up and how to put it together again and how to figure out what was going on. And we were dirt poor. I'm talking dirt, an education. And, you know, I was making 90 cents an hour and Charlie was making 95 cents an hour at a part-time job to get enough food to eat to continue going to school. Absolutely crazy stress making mistakes, figuring it out, putting it back together. And then later in our marriage, when we started our, uh, and our, we were married for 16 years, when we started our research and we took a look, Charlie was asked to do a marriage research, our marriage uh, workshop in, in Jefferson City with young farmers and their wives. And we said, oh my gosh, what a fascinating thing to do. So we started to do our homework and our research after he accepted it. We discovered that of the 12 couples that we had been hanging around in college with all these years, we were the only one after 16 years still married. Wow. Because that was the time of the highest divorce in the country. It was the time of the flower children, and we were part of that, and the Vietnam War. And there were so many issues and so many stresses and what we started to do was find couples who were successful and say, okay, how were you successful? What made it work? Our mentor was uh, Dr. Don Clifton. Don, uh, if you may recall, was the CEO of the world-renowned Gallup organization. And Don always said to us, we are known 80% because we do public opinion research. But he said, but that's only 20% of our profits. Mm. What we do is we study people. And, and, and we learned a lot from Don. And he used to say to us, look, it's like the old baseball player played for the Yankees, born in St. Louis, used to say, when you come to the fork of the road, take it. Yogi Bear. And that's what we did. Don said to us, you have two choices. You can study successful marriage or you can study failed marriage. But you can't learn much about successful marriage by studying failed marriage and vice versa. So we set about 33-plus years ago studying successful marriages. What do they look like? Who are these people? Do they look the same across cultures and continents, across states, across Canadian provinces? Do they look the same or are they different? And what we found was the successful marriages look very much the same, whether it's in Tanzania, Arusha, Tanzania, whether it's in Beijing, China, 
New York City, St. Louis, Missouri, Beijing, China, you name it, they look very so much. So what do they have in common, Charlie? What's what's the deal with successful marriages? And we have a question. So uh, if you respond to me, then we have someone who has sent us a question via Facebook. Our, our, our first book was called Golden Anniversaries, and our second was called Simple Things Matter, and our third was called Building a Love at Last, and our fourth was called How to Marry the Right Guy. And all of them focus around the seven themes, or what our friend Don Clifton would have called the pervasive characteristics. Pervasive means a recurring pattern of thought and behavior. And what we found around the world were seven, we, we, we always call them lovingly, secrets. They're not secrets at all, honestly. But there are seven pervasive characteristics that are common across cultures and continents. And they have to do with uh, the desire to be one. We are together. We are one. We are a couple. We will challenge the world together. Truthfulness. There are no sacred cows. We'll talk about anything and everything. We trust each other about re uh, respect, mutual respect in, in particular. And that's democracy also in the relationship. And, and about democracy. Yeah, and, and these are things I have to say, and I know you've seen this in so many couples that don't work, these things aren't things we are born knowing. We have to learn them somewhere. So let me ask you the question. Our listener says, I found someone and we love each other, but neither of us wants to move. We live in different states. We don't want to give up our jobs, our friends, or our communities. What would you say to this couple? Let me tell you, either both move and they move someplace different completely together, one moves or the other moves. A long-distance relationship over time has not proven out by most couples successful because when you interview these great marriages, these people that you just admire their marriage, they're a 9 or a 10 out of a 10 scale on everything, they can't bear to be apart. They cannot bear to be without their best friend, without their best supporter. Phone calls don't cut it. Internet doesn't cut it. Being together, touching, holding each other, supporting each other through thick and thin. Sleeping in the same bed. Okay, so here's another question. Let's take these questions. This one is from Janie. She says, my boyfriend says he loves me, but he loses his temper all the time. I'm tired of it. That, what should we do? It, we, we have a favorite saying. Don't marry a guy you think you can change. Bad tempers become, for most people and especially for women and it becomes something worse yeah w women get trapped in that thinking they can change guy and the bad temper gets taken out on them when they get married it's like going to his apartment and you notice past due bills on his desk for example that's a pervasive characteristic that speaks something about him mm -hmm. and what now, does it say about him it says he's not going to follow through. It says you need to double check. He could be a financial loser. Mm -hmm. So there are things you have to question. You can't take it on face value. And if you see the characteristics in a relationship where a man is losing his temper, a 
especially vulnerable are women who then marry into those situations and then So what does that say about someone? So Janie is saying, Hey, you know, here's the problem. What does that say? Janie, listen carefully now, okay? What does that say about Janie's beloved? She needs to drill deeper. She needs to think about it. Is it a pervasive characteristic? A pervasive characteristic is something that we we find happening a lot and it doesn't change. And if you think you can marry him and as a fixer upper, <laughs> I can tell you we've seen the fixer uppers, they're ninety nine percent failures. So one of the things that I'm always encouraging people in our audience to do is to take advantage of the research, the books, the classes, all the things that are out there that help us to learn better. And the book, How to Marry the Right Guy, sounds like a good starting point. What is it you advise people to do to 100% be certain they're marrying the right guy? Well, I, I... I think we would say uh, on the first, on the one hand, that so many women are willing to ignore what they hear and what they see. I love animals, but he kicks his dog. Oh, God. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love, oh, I'm so trustworthy, but you catch him lying to other people. The point is that he is what he is. Pay very, very close attention. If he belies those points about who he is, if he exhibits a behavior that's different from who he says he is, you need to be very careful. We, we say to women all the time, you have got to be very, very cognizant and open-minded about who he is. If he has a bad temper, if he's a bully, if he's an alcoholic, if he's a drug addict, if he's abusive, if he's if, 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 and you ignore those signs, then you got a problem. He is, and a lot of is. people do have problems because you know this. Uh, if that's what you grew up with, it's very hard to resist being with somebody that is a match for your dad, whether dad was gone or whether dad was a bully or whether dad was a drinker, you know, that program gets installed in the brain and people repeat. So what would you say to people who are repeating what they grew up with? And I've done it. I, You know, let me just put it right out there. I've certainly done it. Brenda, even if, you know, they don't get How to Marry the Right Guy and use our quiz in there that's a, a – a fact-finding, almost a fact-finding mission of the guy they're going to—they're thinking of marrying. Aha! Uh-huh. Fact-finding mission, everybody. That's a good thing. You need that book. It really. But if not, they need to go on their own fact-finding mission. They need to think of the good questions. They need to drill into how he pays his bills, whether he pays his bills, what his track record is with keeping a job, how he treats people on the job. Do other people like him? Mm-hmm. How do they feel about him? How does he treat his mother? How does good. he treat his mother? That's always a classic. Oh, it's a good indicator. It really Well, is. you know, I have to say, I remember asking my first husband, what were your parents like? Because I was on my fact-finding mission, and he said to me, they were the most wonderful people in the world. And I thought to myself, that's impossible. And he there told me that. Go. And guess what? I was right. There you go. 
and you know, it's not. Just I married a, him anyway because I was deeply in love with him, and he looked right. He looked like my dad. And how did that turn out? Very badly. Yeah, yeah that's the point. And, and he divorced, and then he died. And let me tell you, that's honestly what we would love to help women avoid doing because when we when we talk about it and why we focused it on women rather than just a generic book for how to marry the right person you know everybody says why didn't you just write it for the for the person it's because women are the ones who want to marry a fixer-upper they want to nurture they think they can make it better and they're the ones usually end up in the soup they end up with the abusive situations. They end up not being able to get out on their own. They end up being hurt the worst in these situations, and we've seen way too many of them. Okay, another question just came in. This one is from, oh, she didn't put a name. Okay, it's from Anonymous. Anonymous says, you're talking about me when you say fixer-upper. What should I do about my pattern? Well, you know, it's that own lotion that um, we've been in the field of psychology for, well, let's just say many moons, five decades. <laughs> and what we know is that people, to a, to the, for the most part, are what they are. Personality doesn't change. Your, you know, Freud, he even talked about people being uh, who they are when they're five or six years old. I'm not sure we would go that far. But let's face it, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, do you really think that a person at that age is going to somehow suddenly be something different at 25 or 30? We would offer that that's baloney. People are what they are. And keeping your eyes and your mind wide open when looking at them and talking to them and being with them is very, very important. So, you, listen, Anonymous, don't marry another or date another fixer-upper unless you're in the construction business and it's a house. Run. That's what Dr. Charlie and Dr. Liz are saying, run. And, and, uh, now, is there a place, because the current research is showing that people who do premarital coaching have 50% fewer divorces, so is there a place for people to roll up their sleeves and say, I'm going to get to work and actually learn these essential skills. That's exactly why we wrote the books we wrote. We were fascinated with the research, but we finally said, my gosh, this this can be modeled. This behavior and the relationship between each other can be modeled, and you can you can do it right. And we wrote the one for women, How to Marry the Right Guy, because we were convinced that women by and large sometimes settle for the man they marry instead of actually getting the man they deserve. Ah, and so the man you deserve now for people with low self esteem, look out because you're gonna think you deserve very little. And if you know you've got patterns of low self esteem, if you experience trauma in your childhood, do the work to heal yourself first so you know you deserve Love. Now, quick question for you, Dr. Liz and Dr. Charlie. What is the most important thing? If a couple says, okay, we've decided to get engaged, what's the most important thing they can do to improve their chances of a happy marriage? 
there is absolutely no question about the answer to this question. Around the world, everywhere we go, people we interview, trust is essential. You got to trust first. You got to trust what the, what they say is real. You got to trust what they say is what they mean. Trust, trust, trust. We trust, trust, trust. I don't know how else to say it. The other thing is respectfulness. Do they respect who you are as a person, as a human being, or do they belittle you? Do they short give you short thrift? Do they treat you? Beneath what you are, that is so, so very important. And remember, the telltale signs are always the same. He doesn't respect me. He doesn't trust me. He doesn't treat me like an equal. Or she doesn't treat me like an equal. It's a two-sided coin. That's the thing. Look out for the telltale warning signs. If you are unwilling to do that, then you end up getting what you deserve. Right, so either the abusive person or the controlling person or the person who's late or the person who tells you one thing, you find out another, these are all signs because you've got that quiz in the book, How to Marry the Right Guy. Is that right? We sure do because we wanted women to look out for narcissistic personalities, for people that will Well, how do you know? Wait, stop right there. How do you know you've got a narcissistic personality? Oh, every time you turn around, he's focused on himself. himself. <laughs> he always has an inflated sense of his importance in the world. And when it gets right down to it, his opinion is so much more valuable than yours. And we all know he's the center of the universe. Ah, got it. So well, everything I have a, revolves around him. Yeah, I have a colleague, a very dear friend of mine who passed on, who specialized in working with men, and he would say the real key to narcissists is that they are the piece of S-H blank T that the universe revolves around. (laughs) Yeah. That really what's at the center is someone who feels so insecure, feels so badly about themselves, they have to do all of this sucking the life out of everybody else. That's right. So what what is it you want to leave our audience with And I think, let me just quickly look, I think we have one more question. But what do you want to leave the audience with, the most important thing tonight? Get yourself right first. You mentioned it earlier. It's the first chapter of our book. And the reason it is is because until you feel good about yourself and until you love yourself and you know your strengths, you're not ready to engage with a man and know that you can be an equal partner. And pay careful and particular attention to who the person is that you are thinking about falling in love with, being married to, being engaged to, whatever the you know the noun might be or the adjective. It's very important to keep your eyes and your ears and your mind wide open because what you get if you ignore what you're looking at, if you ignore what you're paying attention to, then you will pay the price. It happens all the time. It's called divorce. It's called separation. It's called anger. It's called pain. And that's a special hell, everyone. Let me tell you, I've been there, and I would do anything to have you avoid 
visiting that hell. So take some notes here from Dr. Charlie and Dr. Liz. Where are you guys when I got married? <laughs> twice. Twice repeated the same pattern. So one of the things is we all have patterns, too, and they come from childhood. So getting yourself right means you better figure out your pattern. Now, very quickly, Dr. Charlie, you were telling me before we started the show that you guys have a beautiful photo montage set to music on your website. Can you give us a quick little preview of what that's all about? And everybody, that website, write this down. Let me tell you where you can find out more, get that quiz, get that book, all of it, simplethingsmatter.com simplethingsmatter.com, all lowercase, all that together. Go ahead, Dr. It's on the first page, too. The world travels. Uh, You'll you'll see the link. It'll make sense. But but here's what we've done. Uh, I I love photography. I I picked it up as an amateur probably 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I I shoot everything in sight. (laughs) And so now we have pictures. I've got some 52,000 photos I've taken. Of all 50 states, nine Canadian provinces, seven continents, 43 countries. You know. Wow, amazing. How did you find somebody to talk to in Antarctica? <laughs> oh, it's easy. We went, we, two things. There are people that are actually stationed there. Oh. So imagine what they feel like at Palmer Station or Vernotsky or Camera. There are no permanent places there. I see. Okay. So, so you can still go talk phone. about love in Antarctica. So what will people find when they go to your website? What they'll find is a whole bunch of articles, information about our books, our videos of the photos that we've taken all around the world, set to the music of our, our favorite composer, a colleague, a friend of ours, Barbara Harbach. Uh, we, we, and they have a marriage quiz, too. And we have a marriage quiz. All right, everybody, that's a lot of resources. I wish we had a lot more time to talk about all of these valuable resources. What I want you to do is remember what we are about here at Modern Love is building a library of resources. We all need information. We need coaching. We need ways to marry the right man, and we certainly need ways to figure out, oh, we got one last question. Let me just squeeze this in. It says, my girlfriend and I are older, and we have our baggage. We're nervous about living together as a couple. Hold on. Let me get the rest of it because I have to scroll down. As a couple, we're very much in love but worried about our lifestyles, what to do. I, we don't know enough about it to make a comment except they're in love and they're feeling good about their relationship and they feel like they can do it together, they'll be fine. Oh, well, that's very reassuring. So that's for C.D., who just sent in a question. And C.D., if you're really in love, Dr. Liz says you'll be fine. And plus, check those other boxes, what you said about respect, what you said about kindness, those are good boxes to check. If all of that is there, you'll overcome the old baggage. Is that the message? It sure is. All right, everybody. Big thank you to doctors Charles Schmitz and Elizabeth Schmitz. 
married 49 years and still smiling and enjoying one another, and they have great resources at www.simplethingsmatter.com. Stay with us because I have a gift for you. Coming up, we have a free live teleseminar on I Am 100% Lovable, Put Stress to Rest and Awaken Your Love and Joy. And that starts this Wednesday night. And if you don't get to listen live, you can still buy the audios by sending us an email at love at docway.com. And we have a free live seminar on August 22nd. That's all day with a special guest who will be with us to give you what you need to create the kind of love that Dr. Charlie and Dr. Liz have talked about. I want that love. All right, everyone. Thank you to our producer, Mr. LeGrand Green. Many thanks to our producer, associate producer, Cliff Dunning. Thank you again to our great sponsor, Rainbow Grocery. And thanks to all of you. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.